You are listening to the Anti-Racist Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Hall, anti-racism consultant and leadership coach. If you are a mission-based entrepreneur or leader, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we're going to be covering what anti-racist leadership actually is, how to implement that in your business, and all of the things that you need to know to finally shift out of the learning and listening cycle. I hope you're ready to take some notes. Let's hop into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anti-Racist Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Hall. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that has held back so many of my clients, and that is performative allyship, also known as performative action, also known as performative activism. And before we get into this episode, I want us to remember the purpose of this podcast. It's so that we can gain awareness, we can learn something new, and hopefully implement that into our businesses. And at times that creates discomfort. This is definitely going to be one of those episodes that's going to ask you to really look at yourself and the things that you may be doing or may not be doing. So what do I mean by performative allyship? I'm talking about the disconnect between the way that you may be outwardly claiming or showing allyship or support compared to what actually may be done behind closed doors or within spaces where you hold influence and power. That is the way that I want y'all to think about it today, because at times it's talked about in a pretty malicious way, that the person actually doesn't care and just doesn't want to be seen in a negative light. And I don't want y'all to bring that into our definition, because what that does is it creates this whole thing of good person, bad person. And when we're trying to adhere by the binary of you're either good or you're either bad, then when we have something that may um, connect us to an action that is being told as bad, you know, as like what what it was before with like racist versus non-racist, racist sounds like someone with so much vitriol and hatred And so if someone were to say, hey, an action that you're doing is racist, all we're thinking about is the KKK. All we're thinking about is people who have a deep hate for somebody. And so we're like, well, I'm not, I I don't hate people. I'm not an angry, terrible, horrific person. Then what happens is we try to prove our goodness and we try to show how much we actually align with whatever the good, and in this scenario, it's the non-racist. Oh, I'm not racist because I have black friends. That's where that comes from. That comes from, I am not a bad person. You're telling me I'm a bad person. Which then, when we say that we're a good person, then that causes people to not do anything. It causes people to not be able to look at themselves and evaluate themselves. Instead, we're just focused on not being bad and proving our goodness instead of seeing, okay, where can I grow? Where can I change? So when we connect performative allyship to someone who doesn't care and is just trying to do this so that they aren't seen in a negative light, it's hard for you to then say, how am I doing this too? Because all you're thinking about is, the bad person. So instead, I want us to think about when are there moments when what we're saying, when what we are showing support for does not match up with the actions that we are taking. That's what performative allyship is. And now because of all of the shit and drama that happened June 2020, 
a lot of people connect performative allyship to social media. If I post on social media, I don't want to be seen as performative. That's like the number one thing that I hear from clients. They are so worried about posting anything on social media because they don't want to be seen as performative. And the action that you're taking to claim support or to show allyship towards something that particular action isn't what creates the performativeness. It's what's behind that action that creates the performativeness. So I'll give an example from like a big business. Amazon is a perfect, perfect example of performative allyship. Real quick before I even say anything, this is no shade to people who shop on Amazon. Amazon is a store that you can get things in literally two days without having to leave your house and is typically a lot cheaper than anywhere else that you go. I'm not about to sit here and shame people, especially if that is what you need to do, then that is what you need to do. But if you have the resources to shop elsewhere, I would hope that you can, but we're not about to shame people over here. So Amazon has a separate website called smile.amazon.com. Every single time you make a purchase there, a portion of your purchase goes to be donated to some cause or whatever. So as you can see, Amazon has donations as a part of their business model. And that's not even including any other like uh, reactionary donations that they may give. Like I'm sure in June 2020, they must have given a shit ton to Black Lives Matter or any other affiliated organizations, right? Those are outward actions that Amazon is doing to show that they are allies, to show support towards a specific group of people, right? However, when you look at the conditions that the workers have to work in, it's incredibly terrible. The 10 to 12 hour work days, the monitored bathroom breaks. In New York City, at least, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. If you're somewhere else, that may be something, but in New York City, that is not a livable wage. And this is literally just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's so many other problematic things that I can't even think of. So when you look at Amazon donating and donating and donating and donating, you are then questioning with all that money, that you are donating to say that you support a group of people, why do you not then support those groups of people within your company? So that's when it becomes performative because you're verbally saying, I'm doing this for these people, but in spaces where you have influence and power, you're literally doing the exact opposite. You're actually making their life 12 times harder because of the conditions that you have them working in. So it's like, oh, you could be creating better working conditions. You could be paying people a, a livable wage. You can be doing all of these different things that are even more so supporting this group instead of just donating X amount of dollars to whatever children's hospital that everyone has as their default on smile.amazon.com. So I wanted to give that an Amazon example because... Again, a lot of times we seem to think of performative allyship as just social media, and you could be giving $100,000 a year, which seems like a huge ass action, but if within the space where you hold power or influence over the exact same people, you are not giving them a place where they can thrive, then it's performative. 
And as I'm thinking about it, it actually points to a bigger problem. It points to the problem of white centering, where we believe that everything that we're doing is just solely affecting white people. The people who are going to be working in our jobs are white people. The people who are going to be signing up for our programs and engaging in our products are white people. That's not what we physically say, but that's how we act. So then when we think about what do we do to help the disabled community? What do we do to help people of color? What do we do to help queer communities? We're not looking inside of our own spaces because we're not realizing that they're there too. We are just thinking about, okay, the people outside, let's go and donate, let's go give them scholarships, not realizing that those people already may be in your space, maybe in your company, maybe engaging in your business, but you're not thinking of them in that way. You're thinking of them as outside poor people that need help. And I don't mean poor as in financially, I mean poor as woe is them. This is why it's so important to ask yourself, what is it that I'm showing about my values and how am I possibly not replicating that support in my business? What does that look like beyond the scholarships, beyond the donations? Because that is very much outside work that's very much icing on top of a cardboard box that looks like a cake. And then you open that shit and you're like, I literally thought you were bringing me a cake. What is this? And here's the thing too. Performative allyship, at the end of the day, it's pretty dangerous. If someone did not know anything about Amazon and they are seeing all the things that Amazon is doing, they go to smile.amazon.com, they go to return something from Amazon and they see that the customer service is fucking amazing, you're going to have these ideas about this company, right? then not only are you going to possibly support that company, but even more dangerous, you may even try to go to work at Amazon because you believe that that company has your best interests at heart. But then when you go into that company and then you're treated like shit and you can't use the bathroom and then you have only 12 hour shifts to work, then you've put yourself in a potentially not safe position because of everything that you saw on the outside. This is why we need to be having these conversations and really evaluating for ourselves, am I doing something that is performative and removing the conversation from, oh, well, their intentions are just to be seen as a good person and all this other stuff because then it doesn't allow us to evaluate ourselves. Instead, we just need to solely be looking at what am I saying and how is that compared to what am I doing? So let's use an example of like a group coaching program. So if you're posting about how you're doing this, that, and a third, you're going on the marches, you're donating here, and you're outwardly supporting specific groups of people, then that person has created a level of safety with you. They believe that you understand them. They believe that you have created your business with them in mind. So then they join your group program and then they have these really awkward, uncomfortable experiences with the other members of the group. Then they coach with you and then it feels like you don't really get them because you may be spiritually bypassing their experience, whatever it is that's happening, when that happens, then the client does not actually get to feel comfortable to talk about or to seek support in what they actually need support in, and then they don't get the help that they came to the group for, but more importantly, that they trusted you to provide for them. That is not okay. And that also ends up happening when people prioritize the diversity work compared to prioritizing everything else like we spoke on in the last episode. If you're only focusing on how do I make my clientele more diverse, how do I make my employees more diverse, then 
you're just doing the performative outside stuff and you're not changing what happens when that person finally comes into your business and experiences what you have to offer. So I'm going to leave you with this. Really, again, take a look at yourself. Really figure out what is it that you are saying that you support? What is it that you are saying that is important to you? And how may not that be reflected in the current structure of your business? What it ends up boiling down to is, are your values being reflected in your business? That is the key question to ask yourself when you're deciding, am I being performative? And that is the steps that you need to take. And that is something that I feel like is the foundation of my work with my clients. We take a good hard look at their values and what they're saying their values are and how they may or may not be represented in how they're doing business and what we can do to marry their values as well as their goals and what they want to do with their business so it doesn't feel like they have to choose one over the other that's that's that either or thinking that white supremacy culture loves to ingrain within us but it doesn't have to be either or it's about how do we meld them both together so that we can create a true anti-racist business that makes us bank and allows us to do whatever it is that we're trying to do in the world If you're noticing that there may be a slight disconnection there for you, I'd love to invite you to do this work. Make sure that you book a consult so that we can talk about where you are with that, what this looks like for you, what your values are, and how you want them to be represented in your business, and where you feel like you may be falling short. It's okay to say that you may not be doing it. It does not mean anything about you. You're not a bad person, but it is an amazing step to take to finally decide Let me make sure that my values are a part of my business and not just something that I'm saying is important to me. In the show notes, I'm going to leave a link for you to book a consult with me. And that is all for today's episode, y'all. I hope that this was helpful and I will talk to you soon. Bye.